0: i look like a high schooler (laughs) i like this we'll just jump right in there right so so today's topic is um what is your exit strategy right oftentimes when businesses are building they're not building with the end in mind which the question is what's the end some of you think that you're going to work for your business forever but no one who has a global vision which i love that Dwayne brings it up all the time is ever building a business because it's the only business they're going to ever do and some of you say i don't want to be in the field and I don't want to be behind the chair, but the question is, what kind of business are you building? Are you building one to contain yourself? Are you building one to free yourself? So now, that makes it very important to structure a business that way you can free yourself from it. So there has to be an exit strategy. One of the most, I would probably say, one of the most successful exit strategies happened here a couple years ago was Chris Mo from Waiter. A lot of people didn't pick up on that. Chris Mo built that entire brand, that entire business, and positioned it to be sold to the owner of the Houston Rockets. For three hundred and fifty million dollars. Now let me ask you a question: If somebody walked in with a check for three million dollars for your business right now, would you sell it, or would it even be conditioned to be sold? I wouldn't be on this call. <laughs> Man, some somebody 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 be analyzing the business right now to be like, you know, are we buying a corporation? We're buying an LLC. Which one is better, Dwayne? What you think? Well, now that's a very tricky
1: question, right there. It all depends uh-huh. on what you are trying to do. If somebody's trying to have a hobby for the rest of their life, they might want to consider one structure. If they want to do something else, they might want to consider a different one. I just think that you know, I mean, when, when we think about the the actual business structures, you know, that's that's one thing that I found uh, amongst a lot of business owners is we we're never thinking about the exit strategy. We're never thinking about tomorrow. All we're thinking about is the day-to-day grind, and you know, it's very difficult for us to actually see past that um a if we don't have a lot of things already set up in place right so i think one of the the the, the first directions that we need to take is just understanding where do, where do we want our company to go i mean answering that question i think will eliminate a lot of that but definitely point you in the right direction where do you envision your company and then i i and i've said this on a couple calls is if something should happen to you today god forbid um what happens to your company right do you want the legacy to live on or do does your company you know uh
0: cease to exist because you cease to exist right and and I think that that's the issue I think I think what we do is we accidentally stumble into business sometimes mm-hmm. a lot of mm-hmm. just start hey I have a talent I like doing something and we start doing it we start making money and we're getting told hey just get an LLC and we tag that LLC tag on there and then mm-hmm. we stop we just keep on selling we don't think about proper structure we don't think about the end result, we don't think about where we're going, we don't have a strategy, we don't think about branding, we don't think about anything other than the day-to-day grind of the business. Um, so if we're gonna use the statement that you should start with the end in mind, I was like, okay, well, we need to start talking about what the end should be for most companies. Exactly. Um, and it needs to be intentional. Maybe you maybe you wanna work for the business the rest of your life. Maybe you feel like that's the way to go. Um, but I can tell you, if your plan is to literally um start multiple business or have different ventures then you can't box yourself into one company and you have to figure out how you're going to handle that so what i looked up was um what's called five smart exit strategies right because of course when we talk about exit strategy that's a big conversation because there's different ways of doing it um of course um we have this conversation about mergers and acquisitions you know are you willing to build your brand to merge with another brand uh-huh. and that's kind of an exit strategy of some sort are you um are you going to turn it into uh where there's shareholders involved into it? That's another one. Or are you going to sell the business outright? Uh, and that's the one I looked at with Chris Moe. Chris Moe took his business, built it up, sold it for $350 million, and then was hired to help facilitate the transition with more money. I mean, I'm wondering what Chris Moe is doing right now. But um I thought it was a beautiful, I thought it was beautiful what he did being in a conversation with the guy who should do the mobile shredding company um, in his encounters with CentOS which was he compromised a region, Chris Mo. So for, for those that don't realize the strategy behind this, there was a region that he covered, Waiter, people familiar and comfortable with Waiter, but bigger conglomerates pulled up. There's DoorDash, there's Grubhub, there's Uber Eats, and they're all over the nation and they have a bigger branding power than he did. And Chris Moe to me was a genius. I know they're coming for me and they're gonna want my area, which the area that they have is this client database and I trust of that community. And he saw an opportunity to sell that opportunity to someone else and let them absorb the risk while he was at his highest value point. Sold is to the owner of the Houston Rockets, and boom, he's out. Now the Houston Rockets owner has an area or a region that he has trust with the brand, and now he can build it, shift it, change it, do whatever he wants. The first thing he did was get his money back. He raised up all the vendor's fees up to, I think it was, it started off at 8%, moved that all the way up to like 20%. Vendors were crying about that, but then yet what happens? They paid it. So he figured out how to, the owner of the Houston Rockets figured out how to get his money out of it. And eventually he's probably going to merge or sell or whatever he plans to do. But the first part that I knew was coming, I told people over a year ago, he changed the name of that company to ASAP now. So he's shifting the whole momentum of that company because he's probably have other visions and dreams of doing things with that business. But they have a strategy is the whole point. Chris Moore had an extra strategy, and this owner, I'm sure, has
1: one too. That actually, you know, one, one, one question that actually pops out at me, and, I, and I'm I'm 99% sure I know the answer, but I just kind of want to see have we have any of us on the phone ever thought about what our business would be worth if we had to sell it tomorrow?
2: Woo! <laughs> and look at banking, we ask that so often. You know, a lot of people come to us and, you know, need some loans. And it's like, yeah, we got that. But whenever it comes to us and says, hey, my exit strategy has changed, my youngest child no longer wants to be in the business, and I got to sell it. They're going to look at the last three years of your tax returns. So whenever someone like Damon John kind of like, hey, cash is trash, he literally means it because you have to, you know, put the money into the company and not think about skimming taxes you know because whenever you go to sell it they're going to look at that revenue and they're going to put a formula on there that's going to produce actual value they'll Uh look at you and they'll say what is the assets you know where's your assets well i may own some buildings here we go this is some tangible dollars that we're going to sell add into the equation you know whenever you say you're selling your client base you know that becomes a little harder to Kirk, Hey, for those that don't know what kind of treat we have this morning, Kirk, would you please introduce yourself? So I'm the community manager at Chase Bank. I've been in banking for about 25 years, have some experience. So now I'm kind of doing some financial health uh, and and Cliff, this you know, this podcast kind of is something that uh, I think business owners in Acadiana are are seeing, um, and, and maybe not fully exposed to. Like this is a gem. You know, whenever I saw the topic this morning, it was like, gosh, that this is something that people just sometimes don't even get on board. You know, they they think about making money and that's all they really focus on. But whenever it comes to how I want to exit, you know, if you do have a child that actually wants to be in your business. Great. That first generation typically can take it over and and sustain it if they have a child that wants to get in. Sometimes that's when everything kind of starts falling apart because they missed the integral part of being in the business, working hard. And, and so, you know, I encourage business owners all the time. It's like allow your your children if they're going to become you know leadership within the company, go ahead and learn the business. Start from the ground up. You know, they can't just come in as a vice president or come in as a, as a you know. A, a leader itself. You know, you got to really have them kind of grow through the pains. Right. Absolutely. Dana, you had a question?
3: I, I mean, I think this topic is wonderful because it's a conversation right now in my home. Like I said, um, we have a funeral home. My grandparents opened it for my dad because they didn't want him to be what you call a backdoor embalmer, which means you would go to other people's funeral homes and involved. So they created this funeral home for him. And now my brother has picked it up but he's gone off to new orleans he's a martician out there he's doing funeral services he was actually one of the youngest funeral directors in the area so the conversation now is do we keep this going is this what we want to do here in lafayette and that's what we want to do and now with my kids they're saying we want to be in the funeral home business with our grandfather they want to do it so definitely The exit strategy is being thought out because my mom is also self-employed and she does her own boutique and she's like, I just don't want to do it anymore. But I'm not into retail, but I would love to keep the business because it's a part of the family, but making it run on its own. So I don't mind like picking it up and keeping it going, but that's not what I want to do. But I want to put people in line to keep that running for us.
1: So, uh, so, so, it's awesome. so this is why i mean it, 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 this this topic is is very uh uh it, it, it's a very near and dear topic for me just simply because i i preach this all the time right in terms of understanding your financial uh uh, uh place in your actual business making sure that you know <laughs> like we've we've talked about before the idea of not showing uncle sam the irs that you're making money is the worst that you could ever do in life that's the worst it's the worst advice you could ever do because as a business owner right it is very important that you actually have that historical data of exactly how much money that your company is making because that historical data like kirk stated these are the things that actually going to lend credibility to the business valuation over time and whether or not the business can be sustainable whether or not you're actually able to keep the business open should something happen you know and things of that nature so all of those things all of the things that Cliff and I have been discussing over the past couple of weeks is very 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 important because all of these things l- lead to what happens next what happens next is we should always be thinking about that in game um not necessarily so that way we can go you know sit on the beach and drink you know mojitos but more so how does the business continue to grow? from a financial perspective year over year when you're actually trying to, you know, plan an exercise, I mean, cause think about it. If if I came to you and I said, you know, how do you value, what, what would you value your company at? The first thing that I'm gonna do is I'm gonna access see your financial records. And if that financial data can't back that up, um, and I'm not talking about, you know, tax returns, if you will, just that, but income right. statement, balance sheets, all of those different things, I'm gonna dig into. It. And then, you know, especially when we like, you know, one of the questions I would say is, how much is one customer worth like what is one of your clients worth five dollars ten dollars five million like i don't know so that, there has to be something that we do in, in terms of our processes how we're keeping up with things and, and and monitor things to make sure that we have those answers should someone want to offer us you know money for our business
0: Dwayne, i love the fact you and kurt both tapping into something i wanted to dive into we're talking about valuation right we're talking about what's the company worth, and there's different segments to consider and kirk hit one in the head that i love and i'm passionate about is what's your clients worth, and goes back into what system do you have that shows me how much your clients are spending with you i can show you mine i can pull up and tell me every client i've invoiced how much they spent who's the top spinners the whole nine yards, which puts a value on my data what i learned a long time ago is that a company can break itself down if you got inventory that's a value there if have systems and operations place. That's a value there. And then the data, the client base I have is a whole nother situation because I can sell you the company, keep my clients and keep the data because I might go somewhere else. And then you got to do it from scratch. But that's a lower value. But if I say, look, I have these clients who have spent this much money consistently, their regular uh, clients, then that's a different whole set of values there. And I don't think I think one of the issues is that if we don't have systems to track that, there's no way you can stand on an evaluation that you might have in your head. You know, one of the questions that they
1: actually ask, uh, because I've done several uh, valuations on companies. One of the questions that they actually ask is what happens to the revenue should you depart the company? Does it increase? Does it decrease? And if so, by how much? And I thought that question was very uh, important because how deeply embedded are you in the company? Are customers coming to do business with you or your
0: brand? Ooh, that right there that right there because if you're gone do we lose them and we see this same trend in the stock market It's some of those emotional things that the ceo is changing in the company and the stocks drop or the or somebody important in the company got involved in something they shouldn't have and the stock drop. so they're looking at all those 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 things you know what, what's the what's that one thing that's going to keep that that client base satisfied and happy but that's why i'm you know me. My thing is build the brand, not the uh, not the person. Actually, the actually, who, I think that's a good question, right? So,
1: who want to jump in? Like, so the question is: If you left today from your company, what happens to your sales?
4: Mm.
0: Uh oh.
5: Uh oh. I I believe it would drop definitely because when I built this, I built it based off of me, not the. Um, I guess the company itself am i saying it right cliff
0: yes you're absolutely right you're, you're absolutely right i mean i could normally tell somebody who built the business based on himself y'all don't slap me for saying this but your name is probably in the name of your business <laughs> well <laughs> you're right tell me if i'm wrong when you put your name <laughs> in the business you probably built it for you not for the clients Cause you want to keep your little legacy going. I got to make sure they know who I am. So if you step away, then guess what? what gonna the gonna
3: go.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm 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 up for a challenge. I mean, anybody got a rebuttal against that one? <laughs> I intentionally made sure I to name my business after me, cause I'm not gonna be the face in front of the whole time. Watch this. How many people you think stopped buying that syrup and that pancake, mixing that rice when Uncle Ben's face disappeared? A brand that's on somebody's name, you move the name out the place and people don't trust it anymore. Now, you just happen to be the brand. You're the front line, you're the, you're the owner, the brand, the, the face of the product, you're the model of the product, you're everything. You're the story, you're the testimony. You're gone, what do you have?
1: So there was two loaded questions that I asked, right? Uh, a, what happens to your business should you leave? And But the first one before that was, anybody want to take a guess? If you had to sell your business to date, how much do you think
0: it would be worth? Somebody, sell your business. Come on, y'all, sell the business. Let's go. We got Dwayne over here who's an investor. Kirk is at the bank. Come on, sell your business right now. What's it worth? Joe, I wanna buy your business. How much is it gonna work? How much
1: is it worth, Joe?
6: <laughs> you must've seen I unmuted myself, huh? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I already know it's gonna be under 50K. You know what I mean? That's <sighs> me just putting a high number on it. Um, Cause I haven't um really put a value to it.
1: Okay, so, you, so 50K, where did that number come from?
6: No, I said I know it's going to be underneath 50K. Oh, okay. Because so I haven't put, a, um, a, I really put, haven't put that thought into it. And uh, also, too, with answering, uh, well, going back to my name being with it, like, I think for me, naming my business just came, like, literally out of the sky. Because I didn't, I I didn't originally want it to be a business. I just didn't even know what to call it. <laughs> yeah. All
1: right. So, Juice and Joe would feel she feels that her business would be worth a little under 50k anybody else how much would if i want to buy your business to
0: date how much would you sell it to me for i can give you an emotional answer i haven't done the technical evaluation <clears throat> so my emotional answer just based on limited data i think my business should i should be able to sell it for um, I'm, I'm going to go high. I'm going to say at least 500000 based on current trending um, client base, systems that are in place. I'm going to just put it right there. Might be a little high, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say just guessing. I'm probably say I, I, I should be able to sell it for 500000 So you cheated because you took that number
1: off of that budget of that century in terms I of see- your trading upward. You cheated. <laughs> <laughs> i know i i know where you got the number from i know exactly where you got that number from <laughs> but the fact that you have it is good <laughs> i like it anybody else how much did you sell your business <laughs> hmm.
0: that's why you gotta have good people in your corner guys <laughs> anybody <clears throat> it's
5: 75.
1: I'm gonna that, say seven. That definitely okay. gives us a place to start. That definitely gives us a place to start. So okay, so the Mm-mm. we already talked about our goals for the week, right? So I, I'm just know that Dwayne at some point this week is going to write that up because I want Cliff and I to actually address that um much deeper. And that is a how much is your business worth? What do you think it's worth? Um and uh two, what happens to your business should it fail? Now. I'm gonna give you a cheat sheet. If you wanna know how much your business is worth, uh, the first place that you can start is with your finances, right? How much money and expenses and all of that good stuff that you do over the past three years. That would be literally a good starting point for you to figure out, to start the process of actually understanding your business value. And then all the other things in terms of the systems, The customers and all of those different things um, kind of play a part into it, but those two things are actually going to be a good place for us to start um, thinking about that because we actually do need to start sincerely thinking about the end goal, making sure that all of our finances are in order. Um, I cannot stress that enough. It that the idea of you getting your finances in order is not about trying to see how much money you're losing or whatever the case is. Just truly having an understanding how much money are you capable of making how much you're actually spending how much you're investing back into the business all of that good stuff but joe i like your answer 50k i like i, I like the fact that you jumped out there and was bold cliff said a half a million dollars go ahead cliff
0: and we just getting started <laughs> so nobody else wants to tell us huh Sell your business, people. Come on. So uh, I would say, well, uh, my consulting firm. um
1: I did a business valuation right now. If I was going to sell it, it would be nothing less than one point six million dollars. And then I feel like I'm probably selling myself short. I think you are. I'm gonna use your wording. I think you're selling yourself short. Well, I mean, <laughs> conservatively, I probably am. I mean, you know, but I think you know overall. When I when I actually did the the I went through a, a business valuation on my company, uh, I did it myself probably about five months ago because I just wanted to just see, just see what see what the computer tell me. Um, and then, you know, I, once I started to think about all of the other things that I could add to it and stuff like that, obviously, I'm, I'm sure I could probably hit be over that. But yeah, for the most part. And then in, in terms of what happens to my business, uh, if I actually leave. Um, I do think that the business um, will continue to, to to move on, to continue to press forward. And there are a lot of things that I've actually continuing to put in place to make sure that that happens. Um, and again, I guess that's gonna be another topic in terms of how you set up a corporate trust, who's gonna be your successor and all of that, all of that good stuff. But basically structuring my business from a foundational level, the right way. So that way, as I think about, you know the future and what what should happen you know in the next 10 five years i always do think about what happens if what happens to my business if something happens to me today and i want the legacy to live on um outside of me so i'm, I'm constantly thinking about those things so it's funny that you brought that topic up clip i like it yes felicia felicia i'm on mute hi i can hear you
3: Oh, okay, so um, before I go, I would probably say my business. I guess with me in it, <laughs> I would probably say about the same thing that um, I probably say like two hundred fifty.
1: Now, are you including your 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 assets, meaning like your building, equipment, and all of that stuff?
3: So I would probably
0: say um, <laughs> 300,000, <000. laughs> i probably say 300,000. Right. Right. <clears throat> I mean, it's a important conversation because I I, I, I want to be a venture capitalist. I'm, I'm looking to see who needs to be bought out sometime. At some point in my career, that's what I will be doing. Valuation, buying. So, somebody walk up to you with a, a, a blank check and say, I want to buy your
2: business. What are you selling it for? Let's ask that way. <laughs> now, I think identifying the tools, you know, we have a lunch and learn I'm doing at the branch or business finance. And we talk about those three pieces of tools balance sheet, profit and loss statement, and cash flow projections. Yeah. That's easily accessible to every business owner. So, you know, the number, you know, whenever you ask in police, you know, the the property, you know, that that real estate changes on your balance sheet. But that number is going to fly because you never know when someone's going to say, hey, uh, I'm ready to buy. And then you got to you got to have your number in mind. And the second piece exit strategy is not just about financial dollars. You know, you are a part of that soft landing, you know, so building yourself into the exit strategy Two years, you're going to be on contract with these folks to make sure the client base is intact. Just like what you were saying, Cliff, about Chris Moe's exit. You know, that's exactly what they did, you know, Um, to make sure that the handoff was good. But it also builds a soft landing for you because you may be negotiating. Hey, look, I just need $5,000 a month. That way you're kind of sustaining your cash flow without immediately going into a full retirement that's exactly
0: right i mean i remember uh I can't remember his name the guy who used to have the mobile shredding company him and i got in a conversation and um he was in the middle of cintas trying to do a hostile takeover on him because he had the territory and CentOS wanted to compromise that and he said that they fought back and forth for a long time with syntax but of course being a bigger um larger company um at some point what he did is he elected to sell and he stayed on board in a position with them for a while eventually got his money and then he opened up a car wash is what he got into that business um, so that was the first time i had a one-on-one conversation with somebody who had been in that situation which all those things factors into how i thought when i started to start my business i wanted to make sure that i was positioning myself for if an opportunity presented itself and somebody said hey here's the valuation how much is it worth are you willing to take a check for it if it was in my best interest and guess what i need to do that the one so, Kirk, uh, and, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's on the same lines, but I, I do have a question, um,
1: and, and um, I think it would actually uh, be beneficial to all of the business owners on the call mm-hmm. to hear it from someone who's been in banking for a while. But um, from your perspective, what are some of the key things that you look for uh, when a business walks into your establishment looking for? Um, some financial help, whether it be working capital, construction loans, or whatever the case is. Like, what are some of the things that, from a banking lens um, that, that you're
2: looking for? So the first thing that's unusual, um, the, the bankers, we, we'll call it a credit memo. But this is your story. This is us understanding. Do you know your entire business, you know, from the infancy? This is my business plan. This is I'll stay true to it all the way to I have an strategy so that credit memo gives us that stepping stone to be able to start looking at the financials you know so that that's the first piece of of the puzzle you know um if you're in it to make money from a um selling of goods you know so goods could be real estate it could be uh you know uh jiu whatever it is you know selling widgets all day long Or is it a service, you know, because then it becomes a different plate, you know, Um, then you start getting into the financials and you start seeing in your your balance sheet, you know, the retained earnings, you know, is is pretty much your dollars, right? You know, this is what, you know, you may balance your balance sheet and putting more money into the retained earnings bucket, but then that goes into your valuation whenever you go to sell it, you know. So um, cash flow is key. and, and whenever I say that, you know it's really understanding if there's any cyclical world that a business deals with because whenever you come into a bank, we're asking for like the most recent balance sheet profit and loss statement, and cash flow statement. But if it's in a down cycle, you know we may be not we may not be looking at the right one. so that that projection kind of gives that that you know up and down trend. Um, and in the end, you know, I mean, it's, it's character. A lot of it is based on the character, the brand, who, who are you, you know? So we love owner operators, you know, because they know the business they're in it. Um, you know, it kind of gets a little stickier whenever it gets into the heavier corporations where there are shares involved and, and. You know, Cliff kind of mentioned that early on, you know, that's a strategy for some folks for an exit strategy, you know, as an incorporation or partnership in their operating agreement. Someone may buy into a business at X amount of shares for X amount of dollars, you know, so that's offloading your business in the future. You may say, okay, now we're valuing shares of my business. It, It may only be 50 shares. It doesn't have to be a lot. Uh, we all know Mark Zuckerberg's story with Facebook, right? You know how he played the share game, went into the operating agreements, turned around and amplified his own shares to 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 make himself, you know, the biggest owner of Facebook and and, and became extremely wealthy in doing that. You know, um, so those different plays. So I hope that's kind of answer any question. No, no, I did. I mean, I, uh,
1: it, it really did. And, and I. For me, I, I deal with a lot of uh, banks on a daily basis. So, I, I mean, I, I really understand it. You know, I hear, I hate the language all the time, but I think sometimes it's good for other business owners to understand it. Um, so that way, as they are continuing to structure their business properly, starting to get their budgets and things like that uh, um, where it needs to be, they can at least have an idea of what others are looking at when it comes time for them to actually, you know, make some transitions.
0: you know it factors back into the conversation that we always want to know is like what well, what do we how do we measure success as our, for our businesses um what is the you know the end game is what matters you know what are you measuring against um as far as financial success as far as uh, structural success for a business and if if our businesses are not in position to be considered from a a financial you know a buying power somebody wants to buy it or invest in it then have we done due diligence to set our business up correctly and I love the fact I think Quentin said it. And I I never forgot, you know, some of some of us call ourselves business owners, but we're self-employed. Well, we go back to that, you know, do you want to be self-employed or do you want to be a business owner? And you know what? In the business owners world, I always say this, that it's all about sales. And when I as a business owner, sales, 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 you're your best salesperson. And in my world, everything's for sale that's nothing that's not for selling my business because i'm a business owner and i'm going to always look to invest whatever i make back into some other endeavor that i'm going to participate in so you know i want y'all thinking today about the whole concept of what's your exit strategy you know you're going to man that ship forever and go down with it like the titanic or are you going to let that thing set sail and go get you a new ship (laughs) one even bigger and better um, than you had before. So that's important for you to start thinking about that because I think sometimes we get locked in or we get tunnel vision into just the day to day and we don't allocate time to to look at our business and look at our vision. You know, I think sometimes what we do is we start off and we're excited and we have a vision and then that's it. We don't ever revisit that vision. We don't ever revision or uh, reimagine what we're doing because how I saw things when I was 10 is different now that I'm 46 is different so year one in your business as you get experience and you mature you should be seeing your business different if you've been in business five six seven years and you see it the same as the first year i'm going to go and diagnose you and say something's wrong with you you didn't do something right you just you just went from one employer to the next the only difference is that you're the employer and the employee
1: but cliff let me ask you this question all right so um what i'm i'm i guess i'm gonna challenge you to just kind of respond in a way where mm-hmm. you're doing do. oftentimes business owners don't know that there's a problem until a problem arises they don't know that they're doing something wrong until they've been told no more than one time in their minds hey i got this business i'm making some money nobody came down you know the, the irs didn't come knocking on my door you're like i'm doing everything right you know i got it I got a nice house. I got me a Cadillac. You know, I mean, whatever the case is, I'm living the American dream, and don't realize you're you're really not living the American dream. But what happens when those business owners just don't know? Like, how, how do do how do we how do we tap into that? Or what what do you think could motivate a a, a a small business owners that that don't know to be like, hey, let me do something different. Here's my philosophy.
0: I love that question. You should treat your business like a kid, like a baby like an infant. Yeah. You feed them, you change them, you bathe them, you put them to sleep, but you have to give it attention. You have to sit down and as they get older, right? My, when my team, my kids become teenagers, I need, they look fine on the surface, but I need to sit down and talk to them and ping their minds and see what's happening. I have to, sometimes I have to talk to other fathers and other brothers and get some insight on how to deal with my kids. And I think business owners have to take more of an interest in the business and not the money. I hope that made sense. Right. Which uh-huh. is, I don't care how good i'm doing i want to talk to other people see what they're doing i don't want to be you, you can't live in your own little bubble as a business owner and think that what i'm doing is it nothing else is better than this i'm the top dog period i have to be looking at the trends and paying attention to my surroundings my business environment to know how i'm doing and go back and assess myself and be real with myself as far as am i doing the right things or am i doing the best things for my business now In today's society, when we say I don't know, I call that laziness because there's too much information out there. You turn on the TV, somebody's talking about it. You get on Facebook, we're all over the place. So we're not in an environment where we can say we don't know. But let me hit you with a political statement. There is no ignorance to the law. Period. You can't say I didn't know that was a law. Because once that law goes out, they said we put it in the news, we put it in the papers, we're on the ballots, and now you're as a citizen are obligated to understand the laws that govern the environment you're in. So when you step into the business world, you should take on a business mentality. But that's the easiest cop out is to just say, I don't know. Now, truthfully, some people don't know. I get it. But once you've got certain tenure inside of your industry to use the excuse that I don't know tells me maybe you don't want to know because sometimes ignorance is bliss for people. So is it safe to say that for the
1: majority of the people that has been on this call for several weeks that have not made changes? It's not because they don't know. It's because they made a choice to stay where they
0: were. That's what this this phenomenal dude that said that name, the Wayne Williams, said that before. You're making a choice every day. You could choose to breathe or hold your breath. Choice is yours. Do what you want. Do what thou wilt is what I'm gonna tell you, right? But um, excuses get us nowhere. I always in, in my book, I wrote this right. Excuses stop you. Reasons delay you if you have a reason it's going to slow you down but it won't stop you but whenever you're not doing anything that's usually an excuse in the them it's all about choice and i've said this before you got two choices in life you charge you choose the hard right or the easy wrong it's easy to do nothing that's the easiest work you gonna ever do nothing to be comfortable to sustain yourself right where you're at but don't tell me about your, your dreams and your global vision when you're doing nothing to enhance it or move in that direction. Nobody's going to move your vision like you. We can't just say, oh, I didn't know. Well, did you want to know? Because when I want to know something, I'm Googling it, calling, asking, looking, reading. I'm actively pursuing it. So watch this. When you start dating, when the person stops pursuing you, how do you respond? And that's exactly how your business is responding when you stop pursuing information to make it better. You got to have a relationship with your business. You got to have an extreme interest. You want to know the ins and outs. You want to get better and let that relationship grow with that business. But whenever you get, just like any other relationship, we get the day-to-day mundane routine. We come home, we sit down, we eat, we watch TV, we go to bed. Come home, sit down, we eat, watch TV, go to bed. Something's going to go wrong. Did that answer your question, Mr. Dwayne Williams? Oh, it did. It actually did.
1: It really did. But I definitely, I definitely wanted the question to just provoke, continue to provoke thought in in in, in everyone's uh, minds because we've said we've said this over and over and over. Right, the idea is to get you from where you were to where it, you're trying to go. But right. a, you have to know where it is that you're trying to go, and you have to be able to define what does success look like for you. It, it's not the same for everybody. Right. Right i mean so let i guess maybe let's take a, another step back what does success for your business look like mm. anybody feel free to answer
0: what does success truly looks like look like? like in its current business
5: i can answer that um for me definitely not being in the homes anymore and um and also, not just doing residential, but being able to take care of commercial as well, and being able to start another business while this one is being maintained.
0: Hold on. I, you ain't getting away that easy. What does success for the Sparkle Lady look like? <laughs> Me not being you, in the
4: home
0: I, no more. <laughs> no, 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 no. success for Jewel. Like, what the success for the Sparkle Lady look like? The business.
5: Oh, the business. Oh, okay. Um... <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, lady, not me. Oh, that. yeah. You know I got to work on that because I be thinking about me too much. Um, <laughs> not just servicing the Louisiana area, being all over the United States. Oh, okay. And oh, now a we start to like a
1: business. All right, there we go. <laughs> so want to. So I'm clear. The sparkle success to the sparkle lady company is being able to have the sparkle lady comp- company across the U.S. And not only that, but you want to be able to franchise it out.
5: Yes, taking over the uh, wow. the cleaning industry. Yes
1: and then franchise it out i like it not not hey that that sounds exciting right there i like that that part joe what does success look like for juice and jill so we lost joe okay uh dana then logan so i want to
3: see this southern treat be marketed more than just in the south because when you come down to making pralines or pecan candy um cliff made me realize that it is a product that should be sitting on shelves next to reese why not be a part of that brand so my goal is to have my company
1: mirror mars
3: or the hershey brand
1: so couldn't just out of curiosity couldn't one of the marketing strategies be to get that candy outside of southern states?
3: Ask me that question again so I can answer. It, so I'm trying
1: let, me, to- let me give you the scenario, right? Um, take somebody who cooks soul food. They open a soul food restaurant in Lafayette versus opening a soul food restaurant in Idaho. So the candy, if you want to take the Southern if you, if you want more people to actually experience it, shouldn't the candy be available outside
0: of the southern states? Yes, okay, I just I just want to be clear. okay oh yeah because Dana. Dana I blew her mind because I said I see your brand bigger. I said because all the candy on the shelf, there's nobody who's captured the the pecan candy space on the shelf nowhere. Commercial, nope. none Walgreens. We're, we're on a, we're on a counter day. inside of a gas station, but we're not on the shelf next to Reese's, Hershey's, uh, Kit Kat, nowhere to be found because nobody has a vision that big.
1: We don't have a they don't have their own SKU number, right? That part, that, that part. part, okay, boom. Logan, Logan, you up, then Joe.
4: So I see my business, uh, going from a food truck to next owning a food truck park in different, um, states trying to make it better for uh, other food truck vendors creating that platform for them starting out. And then also, uh, getting me a brick and mortar and, uh, going into the high end restaurant business.
1: Okay. So, so the, the, the food truck, you want to take the food truck, and your first direction would be to open a food truck park or your first direction would be to open a uh, brick and mortar
4: uh i would say the brick and mortar of the brand of my uh food truck part uh, of, of my food truck and then uh the food truck park
1: okay now just just out of curiosity <laughs> um, how long do you think it'll take you to get that done
4: oh it'll probably take me about a good 10 years why I guess. Well, I don't know. I I really. Well, I I, I answered like this. I don't know. Um, I could say I could say ten years, but uh, maybe earlier. You know, with, with the right connection, the right marketing, the right people on the team, I probably could get it done, but faster.
1: But let me. I so let me ask it a different way. Do you desire for it to happen in less than ten years?
4: If I desire for it to happen less than ten years. No, it was just a goal. I haven't thought. Ta- I haven't thought about it thoroughly. So that was Fair. just one of my goals. So okay.
0: let, me, let me ask you question. So you, you, you. Do you want to be on the food truck at Monkers Park for the next ten years?
4: No, not at all. Come on, Logan.
0: <laughs> Come on, Logan. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want to know.
4: Not okay. at all.
1: So, so you don't want to be. Where you at for the next 10 years? Oh,
4: no, not at all. But you I'll think be it's running, you a, I to be you go. running a food truck park <laughs> and a brick and mortar?
1: No, hold on, hold on. I just, I just, let me, let me, I want to, you know, put this in perspective. You know for certain you don't want to be in that place for the next 10 years. Right. However, when I ask you how long you think it's going to take you, you said 10 years. Right help me understand it's almost so, like you, 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 it's being counter counterproductive you're doing everything you can to get away from it but you're also doing everything you, you can to not uh, to not go get what you're trying to get
4: so I'm gonna go get what I want to get man I'm gonna say that <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go get what I want to get all right just, <laughs>
1: just 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 asking Joe you up Okay.
6: In all honesty, I never really thought about, like, the five-year plan for juicing Joe. Um, but one of the things that really got my wheels turning is not being able – well, I'm not going to say not being able, but uh, really uh, asking myself if I do want to ship my juices out. And I know there is going to be another cost to it and uh, so on, I do want to make it to where it's cost-efficient uh, for, you know, people to order it. So, what it got me into thinking is is that what if you just create the locations for people to come in instead of being able to ship it so one of the goals I have now with um seeing Juice and Joe being successful is you know getting establishing a location to where I have people who come in and make the fresh juices, but, like Jill said as well, um eventually like franchising it out, so I don't think. Or nor believe I will probably ever want my juices shipped because for me it's about the experience. So I would love for people to come in being able to taste and experience and get the feel of what Juicing Joe is. So for me at this moment, right now, that's what I see success as being. I
1: gotta you have literally just answered your own shipping
0: issue just right there
1: wow
0: dad come joe, on I, joe, did, I, 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 did joe just say there's a bunch of money i don't want wow wow That what joe just said <laughs> joe,
1: How I, no you know i actually not only but i i, I i'm kind of on the fence because i honestly think she literally just found the solution to her shipping problem
6: Well, this is the way how I thought about it, is that just to say Root Chris. I've never heard of Root Chris ever having to ship anything. Where you can go on their website, order a steak, order mashed potato, order whatever, and they ship it out to you. So what is for me with Root Chris, I'm not a Root Chris fan, but you know, people go in for the experience. So I uh-huh. would love for juicing. Joe, uh-huh. I'm just
0: saying. No, maybe no, no, I hold, hold on. I, I, I got yeah. Time out, Coach. Pull yes. out the game. You better compare okay. yourself to your competitors, other juicing no, was, companies, not Rue Chris. Y'all are not doing the same thing, so that's not even a fair comparison because I got a client who sells juice just like you and she's on the shelf. What's your reason?
6: Her shelf, well, the reason is the reason why she's on the shelf because she adds
0: some stuff in there to preserve Negative. it. I don't it. I just told you my client, I've tried her product. Wrong. She doesn't. Okay. So uh, hold on. Hold on. Educate
6: Joker. me real quick, then. I
1: think you're I I, I literally think you, you're on to something, but th- we gotta shift something. Hold on. Okay. Don't like Cliff said, you can't co- you can't compare an apple to an orange. You can't. Like it just whatever root that's root Chris's clientele. What you're saying is, because I, I think what I heard you do is find a solution, which what you're saying is because you want people to have the experience of getting juices made fresh that day, you would prefer to actually have a location across the the globe for that to happen, versus, just just hear me, versus, because you feel that the product that you serve cannot sit on a shelf, so it, Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't, your product isn't made for Albertsons or Kroger's or, you know, H-E-Bs. It's made for people to walk in to get the juice and experience. And and when you say the experience, are you talking, what experience are you talking about that you want them to have when they walk into your building? What experience?
6: Okay. So from what I've been able to research and also talk to certain nutritionists about is whenever you do a fresh juice, is you're extracting it from the fruit and vegetable. And regardless of how you may, you know, try to put it is, their education that was brought to me was you really can't put it on the the shelf without preserving it. That what was told to me, meaning that you have to add things into it, which takes away from the 100% of it being all natural fruit and vegetable juicing. So it's not saying that I can't put it on the shelf. The question is, do I want to add to my ingredient to put it on the shelf? And my response to that, because of the way how I look at the experience of it and what makes it different from my competitor, is that, no, I don't think I ever will want to because I want to make sure I'm staying committed to the, one hundred percent all natural fruit and vegetable juices.
1: So watch this, joe and I and I and I want you to just just follow me for a second. One of the things that you should really consider, in all honesty, is when you when you're thinking about investing your money into your business, is investing in studies. Mm-hmm. So the benefits of all natural, no preservatives versus slightly natural with preservatives, right? Because what you what you're saying is 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 golden like you have something there's a nugget there because you're warning people to have a natural organic experience and what you need to help you sell that is um validated case studies testimonials from 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 you know the right people that would actually add credibility to what you're saying because again I know if I go to get a juice and Joe juice, I know these are the things that I'm going to get from it. I know for a fact I'm going to have these benefits. You know what I mean? Like those are your your your, your selling points because you have something. You right. literally have yeah. something sincerely just by you thinking in, in that direction.
0: I love, look, I love all of Joe's ideology, right? I'm going to ask that. Y'all know this company right here? <laughs> Herbal. Life. they they they've taken the same philosophy that joe wants we're just gonna set up if they uh, my belief is that if people go to set up an herbalife shop and call a nutrition place joe should be able to set up a shop i agree I, I that's how i feel about it i think that joe has the ability to do that what i'm always attacking is i'm just ruffling joe's feathers because i think she limits herself i don't think she don't knows how great she could be one thing i'm gonna implore you to do is to research natural preservatives mm-hmm. mm research natural preserves such as vinegar vitamin c um neem oil the thing the challenge for you is not that there's not natural preserves you can use is making sure it does not impact the flavor and taste that you created so that's what Dwayne's talking about is the research part there's ways of getting this done it's going to take a lot of work it's going to take time it's going to take money but nevertheless i'm trying to always push you to give as much of the world the juice and joy experience as possible and not limited to just this small population of people because that is the freedom that you can have by actually going and sharing your story and freeing you from that business. So just out of curiosity, Joe, have you,
1: and it's no wrong answer, but have you ever uh, Googled, just start there, what places in America are more vegan, natural, organic friendly than others? Because truth be told, in the southern states we're naturally we naturally eat bad right so it's almost like you're trying to attack an elephant which i get but you i guess when you take your research and you start to ask questions and things of that nature outside of the confines of a place that is not naturally doing that and you actually just start asking and you know joining networks with other locations that are that they do this stuff daily I think what Cliff said is is true. You will literally find that there are things that you could actually use today,
0: yeah, that are natural, that will
1: preserve
0: that juice. Yeah, it's, it's all it's all chemistry at the end of the day. It, you got to figure out what works. That's chemical reactions between certain components, certain juice. That's all in in the natural world. And I think with your background, you start diving in a little bit deeper in that. You're gonna sure. discover some magic. I promise yeah. you.
6: And that may be what I need to do because lately everything been from me Googling myself but not really understanding it. So asking certain people who I do know, um, you know, in certain professions and just getting their feedback um, from it as well. And to really be honest with you, I have gone and pulled juices off of the shelf and tasted and, you know, and and so on. And I don't get that same feeling nor taste. And not just saying because it's my product, um, you know, of experience as I would with my own juices. And that's also right. too from testimonies from, you know, many of my juice pizza as well. So I'll definitely take that and uh do more research into it and, you know, getting more understanding because that is really one of my biggest things with my product if
0: I don't want to lose
6: the quality that Joe, is in my juices. I'm
0: gonna give you a secret tip. I'm a food fanatic. Go talk to a baker. Ooh. A professional baker. They are what I call the chemists of the food world. They understand motion. Like, okay, a bartender, right? You ever heard somebody go to the barn and say they want to shake it and not stir? <laughs> That's a reason for that. Yeah,
6: there's I say a reason all the time.
0: for it. There's a chemical reason for that. So in your world, talk to two people. I just gave you this tip for free: bakers and bartenders. Go talk to them and ask them about the chemistry of mixing those chemical components and what do they do by all those motions, not just putting it together how it's mixed, how it's shaking, where it's sitting, all of those things are factors in your world. And I think that if you apply some of those things, learn from them, you're gonna master that juice world well and you're gonna produce a product that does other people don't have, I promise you. It's really about that research.
6: Will do, will do.
0: So I know I know we're getting close, but um,
1: can can I, this is totally off the subject, but can I, Cliff, can I, can I make a comment about a text message that you sent me this morning? Oh, absolutely man i have a question for uh for dana and Jewel. um what was your first thoughts when y'all saw your new logo cliff created
3: okay i can
5: i can go oh dana you, it don't matter to me you want to go dana
3: <laughs> so let me just say this me seeing it it made my vision more of a reality it, it, it is starting to not look like a dream anymore it's looking like oh and the real beauty about the whole thing is the faith that people have in it and it's just growing my faith in it deeper right now it's like okay if other people see what's there I need to start just going a little bit harder grinding a little bit harder because I feel like people, people have faith in this and it's and me, it, it it's
1: my drive. It's what's driving me to want
5: more for my business. Nice. Jewel. For me, it put in perspective that it is not just about me. <laughs> um like Cliff always said, y'all talk about, you know, when you start the business, you do it because of you or you you rolled up on it accidentally. And I've I've been in this mode of like it's Man, I, I'm a single mom. I gotta grind. You know, I gotta, I gotta do this. Blah blah blah. And when I saw Olivia incorporated in it, like that's my heart, you know. And I was like, man, it's not just about me. It's about, it's about the consumer. It's about what the people want, and that's what the people want. I, I mean, and the proof is like when I make posts. If I post anything about Olivia, they all invested in her. They don't care about me. And so. Cliff know what he doing, and I don't. <laughs> so that that told me, I I'm just gonna listen and follow and make it not about me. And um and it was just beautiful what he did.
1: And I, so I asked that for a reason. So when Cliff shared it with me this morning, um I know what my response was. My my, my first initial response was wow. I, I used some other explicitives. um, um, but but he did a a, a very good job at telling you all's story in the logo and one thing that you know and i'm sure cliff would agree when you can actually now see that you actually have a business just based on what others would see like dana said the goal is for it to motivate you to want to keep grinding want to keep pushing and that's just a logo imagine the other stuff that we have been you know stating right like those things when you can actually see the end game and that actually lends to what logan was saying logan it doesn't have to take you 10 years if you actually set yourself a goal of four years you know i mean it doesn't have to take you 10. you know you don't want to be with yet so i all that to say when you put it on paper come on cliff if you didn't write it down it doesn't exist if you don't see it it doesn't exist so when you can actually see it and you can actually be motivated I guarantee because I, I really believe each and every one of you all have something like i really do believe though i believe that you you have something sincerely so i just wanted to bring that up because cliff when cliff showed it to me and i was i was floored i thought that was yeah, did, man.
0: i was amazing yeah no problem Logan. well guys look today was a a, a design specifically for you to think about your end game you know, where, where are we going with this? Are we just going to keep on doing the same old thing day to day? Keep on having meetings, keep on selling candy, keep on designing websites, We're going to keep on selling insurance, We're going to keep on selling wings, you know, keep on mopping floors. What are we doing? What are we trying to get with this? And every day that you enter into your business, it is important for you to think about the end game because guess what? The end game will help you make your present day decisions that's how you keep from being distracted cuz keeping the end in mind allows you to stay focused and not distracted by false information, misinformation, um other people's ideologies that don't make sense to what you're trying to accomplish. It allows you to streamline and filter conversations and activities so that you can actually reach your goals in a shorter period of time than 10 years. <laughs> But nevertheless guys look <laughs> um, you know i gotta pick on you logan my dog he already scheduled for me, so i gotta mess with you so um nevertheless i enjoyed the feedback the transparency and the honesty that this room creates um continually so stay in there be successful do not forget about your goals that you've established at the beginning of the week and the accountability that happens feel free to reach out to any one of us in this room we're a team of business owners that tries to be ultra successful and set the standard for, um, for, for business owners in the future as well. As you see, there's going to be surprises coming up. This morning, you just saw one of them was Kirk Taylor. This guy works directly in the bank and his community representative that is working with black businesses. So we're going to have more people coming room with different topics because that's the only way we're going to get you guys to grow and see it from other perspectives. Because I know y'all like hearing me and Dwayne talk, but you probably get tired of us saying some of these things. So we like to bring in other voices from time to time just to kind of spice up the room. So what you get a chance to do today is those that missed it, you tell me all missed something special today because you could ask this man right there in the bank some of these questions that Dwayne been telling you a long time and that's where we're going we want our business to grow to get funded and keep on pushing and we are gonna have a franchise one day coming up yeah. soon right yes cool so until we meet again which is tomorrow same bat station same bat channel y'all stay tuned y'all be blessed and y'all have a great and phenomenal day peace out peace Bye.
6: Peace out. Oh.